people who would show forth his praise. And we talked about over in John chapter 4, where God said that he's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. And uh, to be honest with you, when we, when we think about praise and worship, and I'm going to share some things about, about it just in a moment, but we need to be able to thank God for all the things that he has given to us. And God has blessed us mightily. We are a blessed people, and we should be able to thank God for all the things that he's given us. We should be able to thank God for all the things that he's done for us, and then we should worship God for who he is to us, that he is our God, that he is our king, that he is our savior. And praise and worship are not the same. They are not the same thing. Praise generally tends to be more outward. Um, Praise is an outward manifestation of our um, adoration towards God and also it's praise is something that we do before people people can see us in an attitude of praise amen praise focuses both on the character of God and the acts God towards us his children um, one aspect of praise is expressed through things like singing shouting musical instruments and dancing and I'm going to talk about that just in a moment um, singing shouting dancing and I know praise and worship, or when, we, when you get into praise and worship, praise and worship um, for a lot of people is misunderstood. And people, when they see people praising, when they see people worshipping, sometimes people, um, they don't, I can take that from here, Shane. Once you have that um, live, I should be able to take it from here. There you go. Stop it. Stop, just stop. Thanks. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> where was I? Yeah, but praise and worship is one of those things um, where people, um, a lot of people don't understand it, and because they don't understand it, when they see people praising and worshiping God, people have comments on it, and people think, should they be doing this and should be doing that? And the reality of it is, the scripture talks about so many things. The scripture talks about singing, the scripture talks about shouting, the scripture talks about clapping, the scripture talks about worshiping God on the instruments, and there's so many things in the Word of God, how God says that we should worship Him, and we're going to praise Him, we're going to look at Him in a moment. But one of the things that we've got to be very careful of is that we don't judge others how they worship God. We should never judge other people how they worship God. And I'm going to show you just, um, if you look with me real quick in 2 Samuel chapter 6. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, um, what had happened was, um, many years previously, the Ark of the Covenant had been captured by the Philistines, and they had brought it down and put it in the Temple of Dagon, and so on. And then it came up out of there, and it was in the house of Obed-Edom, and it had been there for about 20 years. And David one day decided he was going to go down, and he was going to take the Ark of the Covenant, and he was going to bring it back to Israel. And the Ark of the Covenant really was a type and a symbol of the presence of God among the children of Israel. So David was going down to the house of Obed-Edom, and he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back um, to Israel. And as he was bringing it back, one of the things that David did was... Um, he began to dance before the Lord. And as he was dancing before the Lord, every time they moved seven steps, uh, they stopped and they offered a sacrifice, and then they danced some more. And we're just going to take it up here. Look with me in um, look with me in Second Samuel chapter 6 and verse 13. And it was so that when they bare the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was gird, girded with an, a linen ephod. 
So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Now this Michael was um, David's wife. This was his wife. And, um, and she despised him for his act of worship. David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. And here's the key. He was dancing before the Lord. And whatever we do, we do it before the Lord. And she had no right to interfere. She had no right to despise what he was doing. He was doing it unto God. Amen. But look down with me in verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. And she said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of his handmaids and of his servants, as one of the vain fellows, shamelessly uncovereth himself. So you can see the disdain that she has for him. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore I will play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vain or more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be held in honor. Now watch what he says. Verse 23. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. Or basically, in, in our modern terms, she was barren. She was fruitless. And she became fruitless because she disdained David as he danced before the Lord. And something that we have to be very careful of is that when people express themselves before the Lord, we need to let them express themselves however the Lord leads them. It's not my place to judge them or your place to judge them. Actually, we're singing that first song, Leah. What was it? This is the day. And, um, and I was standing down the back and looking up and see all the people dancing. Just done my heart good to see people just dancing and worshipping before the Lord. Amen. And, uh, but, you know, we don't judge people how they choose to worship. Amen. And so, um, one aspect we said of praise is expressed through things like singing, shouting, musical instruments, and dancing. Look with me in Psalm 49. Well, Psalm 149, sorry. 149. Psalm 149. It's not interesting that Michael, David's wife, she disdained him because of his act of worship. And the scripture says that she never bore fruit from that day. Psalm 149, look with me here in uh, verse 3. It says, let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. And so it mentions here several things. It mentions the dance, it mentions singing, it mentions the timbrel, which is a percussion instrument really, and it mentions the harp. And you know, there's, there's so many people, there's so many churches even today, and they don't agree with um, worshipping God like this, but yet the scripture is full of it. Just look down with me in um, Psalm 150. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And you know what's interesting about this here is he mentions all these different ways to praise God. And then when he comes to the very end, he's going, I can't think of anything else. But if you're breathing at all, he says, just praise God. 
just in case I left anything out. If you're breathing, praise the Lord. Amen. And so we're meant to praise God in all these different ways. And when we truly understand the greatness of God, praise should come easily to us. Look with me real quickly in um, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles 29. When we truly understand the greatness of God, praise comes easily to us. Look with me in First Chronicles 29, beginning in verse 10. It says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, and the power, and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honour come of thee, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee, and we praise thy glorious name. And you see, David was somebody who had a revelation of the greatness of God, and, and praise just flowed out of that expression of David's heart towards the Lord. Amen. I want to look for a few minutes um, then tonight, we're going to look at the Hebrew words for praise. And um, you know what's interesting about that is, a lot of these words are just translated as praise in English, but in actual fact there are eight different words, eight Hebrew words that are translated as praise in English. And you know, one of the things that we need to understand is, why in Hebrew is there eight words for praise, when in English we only have one? And the reason for it is, is because praise is very expressive. There's many, many different ways that we can express ourselves before God. And we've managed to translate them into one, really, in English. But there are many ways to praise God. And the reason I believe that in the Old Testament, how he uses these eight different words for praise, is to show us that there's many expressions, that there's many ways of praising God. Amen. Let's look at them for a, for a few minutes. Here's the first one, is the word halal. The word halal is a primary Hebrew root word for praise. It's where we get the word hallelujah. The word hallelujah means praise the Lord. That, uh, yeah, J-A-H at the end. That yeah is, is the Lord. Praise the Lord comes from the word. It means to, to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. To be clamorous. I think John Hunter was being clamorously foolish down the back there earlier on with that first song. I seen him doing a little boogie, a little shimmy coming through the door. Where's it, John? <laughs> Thought he was at a rave or something, yeah. <laughs> but that's just an expression of praise. And um, you know, isn't it interesting here that this word um, halal it means to boast, to show to rave, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. And you know, when it talks about being clamorously foolish, it's not actually talking about us going out of our way to be foolish, per se. But sometimes what happens, like David, as he danced before the Lord, people despised him for the way he was, but he didn't care. Because he wasn't doing it unto men, he was doing it unto God. Amen. And if people don't like the way you praise and worship, the issue is with them, not with you. Do you understand? I remember, and this, this is on a different lo- line, but I remember hearing this woman one time when she was praying. And after she prayed, um, some fella came up to her and said, you know, you used a double negative when you were praying. She said, that's okay, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> you understand? She wasn't doing it for men, she was doing it for God. And uh, God understands our heart, doesn't he? 
So this is the word halal. Um, look with me in Psalm 113. Psalm 113. Beginning in verse 1. And, and as we read this, there's many... Um, the, it's just going to show up as praise in this verse, in these verses. But it's the word halal that's used in every one of them. So it says, Praise ye the Lord, or halal ye the Lord. Halal, O ye servants of the Lord. Halal the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be halaled. This is the word halal. And God says that from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, his name is to be praised. It means we're supposed to boast on God. We're supposed to celebrate God. We're supposed to be clamorously foolish. Um, And you know, most of the time, people in the outside world think we're foolish anyway, don't they? Uh, When they see us worshiping God. Why do you stand with your hands up? And why do you do all the different things? Why do you kneel before before the Lord? The reason why we're doing it is because we're approaching him with a heart of, praise, a heart of adoration, a heart of worship. Amen. This is the word halal. You'll find it also, and we read that uh, chapter a few minutes ago over in Psalm 150. Um, it says, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him um, in, his, in, his, in the firmament. And all these different words for praise in Psalm 150 is all the word halal. Halal. And it means to boast, to be clear, to shine to show, to rave, to celebrate, and to be clamorously foolish. Amen. The word halal. There's another word then called yad. Um, let me pull it up here. Yada. And this is a, um, a verb with a root meaning to extend the hand, to throw out the hand, especially to revere or worship with extended hands. People wonder sometimes, why do we lift our hands and worship? Because it's biblical. Because God said so. And this word yada means to extend the hands or to lift the hands in worship. And that's the reason why we do it. And you know what's interesting? People wonder sometimes why we, we lift the hands. And it's an expression. And you know, one of the things, um, and you see when God created even the flowers, when the flowers open themselves up to him. And sometimes we just stand with our arms extended, open towards God. And one of them, I think it was John Hunter, used to always say this one. You know, if somebody came in with a gun, the first thing you would do is put your hands up. And when you put your hands up, that's an act of surrender, isn't it? Surrendering yourself to God. Well, that's the word, yada. It means to worship God with the extended hand, or to lift your hands in worship or in praise. Amen. Look with me in Psalm 57. Psalm 57. And you know, as we go through these, I'm just giving you two references, really, for each of these. But to be honest with you, the whole scripture is full of them. You know, but I'm just going to give you two other ways we'll be here all night. Amen. Um, Psalm 57. Look at me in verse 9. He says, I will praise thee, and that's the word yada, O Lord, among the people. I will sing unto thee among the nations. And that's the word yada. He says, I will yada thee, O Lord, among the people. And it's interesting here because he's talking about being among the people and, and lifting their hands in praise and worship to God. And one of the reasons for that is because it's an outward expression. It's an outward expression that people can see, that people can know and understand that there's somebody who truly loves and worships the Lord, that we're lifting our hands in surrender to him. Amen. You'll find that as well over in Psalm 107, if you want to turn to Psalm 107 and verse 15. 
Psalm 107 and verse 15. It says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. That's the word yada. Lift our hands in worship to him. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, that men would yada the Lord, that would lift our hands in worship, in adoration to him, to revere him. Amen. The next one here is the word todah. And toda comes from the same root word as yada, but literally means an extension of the hand in adoration, a vowel or acceptance. It is used for thanking God for things not yet received, as well as things already at hand. And this word um, toda, what you're actually doing when you're praising God is, what you're doing is you're praising God by faith, because you're praising him in advance for something that you haven't received yet. And we do that quite often when we talk about healing and different things. We say, Father, I just thank you and praise you that right now that I am the healed in the name of Jesus. And you're thanking him for something that you haven't received yet, but you're believing him for. Amen. That's the word todah. Um, you find that in Psalm 50 and verse uh, 14. It says, Offer unto God todah and pay thy vows unto the Most High. In Psalm 50 also in verse 23 it says, Whoso offereth Todah glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, I will show the salvation of God. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And that word Todah, as we said, is thanking God in advance for something, something you haven't received yet. But if you're thanking God for something you haven't received yet, what you're actually doing is you're thanking God in faith. And what he says here, when you thank God in faith, or by faith, he says you're glorifying me. Um, Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God. So in other words, what they're doing is they're, you're believing God in faith for something that you haven't received yet, and God said, that glorifies me. I got glory from that. Because what you're doing is you're trusting him, and you're believing him um, that he will come through for you. Amen. The next word here is the word ruah. This is an interesting one. It says, to split the ears with a shout, or to make a joyful noise. To split the ears with a shout, or to make a joyful noise. And one of the things I love about this, making a joyful noise, is because some of us weren't gifted with singing voices. And so if you're not able to, able to sing, you can always make a joyful noise. Amen. And if you can't make a joyful noise, you can always make a noise joyfully. <laughs> but you know, we get to do something by faith. To split the ears with a shout, and to make a joyful noise. And you know, sometimes even people, you hear them, they let out a shout of praise. They let out a shout of praise. And when people let out a shout of praise like that, this is what they're doing, ruah, to split the ears with a shout. Um, in Psalm 47 and verse 1, it says, Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout, and that's the word ruah, shout to God with a voice of triumph or the voice of victory. Shout to God with the voice of triumph or the voice of victory. You know what was interesting about that? This is the word ruah. But remember, this is a shout of victory. And you'll find many places in the, in the scriptures, especially when God sent the children of Israel out to war. And one of the things that he always told them, told them to do was to shout with a shout of victory. Do you remember um, when Joshua went down to take Jericho? And as he went down to Jericho, he told them to walk around the city once every day for six days, and then the seventh day to walk around seven times. And then he says, when you get there the seventh time, he said, let out a shout. 
let out a shout. And when they let out a shout, the walls fell flat. The reason why they let out a shout was because they believed God, that God had said to them. So they were thanking God in advance for something that he told them he was already going to give them. And when they let out, let out that shout, that's when the victory came. And sometimes, you know, just to walk in victory, we've got to have a shout. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a shout tonight? Have you got something to shout about? We have something to shout about. Our God is great and our God is well able to deliver us. Amen. In um, Psalm 66 and verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. And that joyful noise again is the word ruah. That's the one that I do. Ruah. Make a joyful noise. <laughs> or make a noise joyfully. Because my singing voice is not that great. Amen. Um, the next one here is the word shabak. And the word shabak means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, or to triumph. Now let me just say this to you. You're not shouting at God. Amen. Just want to make that clear. You're not shouting at God. Look with me in Psalm 145 for a moment. Psalm 145. Psalm 145 here. Look with me in um, verse 4. He says, One generation shall praise thy works to another. And shall declare thy mighty acts. And that word praise there is the word shabak. And it means to shout or to address in a loud tone, to command or to triumph. But he says, one generation shall shabak thy works to another. In other words, what we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be shouting about the things that God has given us. We're supposed to be letting other people know. Other people should know um, that we worship God. And let me just share this with you. Um, have you ever walked past um, like a football match? Or if you come where I come from, a hurling match. And one of the things that happens and you hear it and you, you hear this roar start to come up. And you can identify straight away what's going on, that there's a match going on. And you can tell that all the people are excited and, and that they're enjoying, um, you know, their team or whatever. And you know, one of the things that happens in churches is a lot of churches are really, really quiet. And people walk past churches and the churches are so quiet because, and there's no shout coming from the church. There's no one declaring the glory of God. And people walking past should be able to hear singing, should be able to hear worship, and should know, boy, there's a bunch of people there that worship their God. You understand? There's supposed to be a noise coming from the house of God. What kind of a noise is it? It's the shout of praise. One generation shouting his praise to another. And even for our kids, our kids should be looking at mom and dad lifting their hands or looking at some of the adults lifting their hands and go, well, you know, they're declaring the praise of God to our generation. Amen. And um, I remember when we were in the church in Kilkenny and uh, we were in our little church and there was a big Catholic church um, up the road from us. And I remember we were having this um, celebration one day. And as we were having this celebration, um, there was a lot of heads came and they were looking in the back. Just people walking past and they came and they were looking in the back of the church. And so we went down and we talked to them and we said, what's going on? And, you know, you know, why are you looking in? And they said, you know, we were just walking past and we just heard this beautiful sound of singing and beautiful sound of worship. And we just wanted to come in and see what you're doing. Because they weren't doing it in their church. But what they noticed was that there was a shout coming from the house of God. And it was a shout of victory. It was a shout of praise. It was a shout of adoration for our God. Amen. So one generation shall shout or shall praise thy works to another. Um, Psalm 63 and verse 3. 
It says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise or shabak thee. In other words, because of the loving kindness of God, because the loving kindness of God is better than life, he says, I'm going to shout about it. I'm going to shout about everything that God has given us. And you know, it's interesting here because he, he uses this thing in Psalm 63. He says, because thy loving kindness is better than life. And you know, the loving kindness is, of God is better than life because the, the loving kindness of God it goes beyond our natural lifespan. Because there's a day coming where the life will be gone out of us, per se, and we'll go into the presence of God. But you know what? The loving kindness of God will never fail, will never cease. That we'll be in the presence of God for all eternity, and we'll really get to experience some of these things then. You know, we'll be able to shout. And the scripture actually tells us that um, um, over in um, Isaiah chapter 6, and it talks about these angels, these seraphim that flew... uh, back and forwards before God. And it says that they're, they're shouting with an ear-splitting shout in the presence of God. Don't think for one minute that heaven's going to be quiet. There's going to be a multitude of people in heaven and every one of them are going to be shouting the praise of our God. Amen. Heaven's not going to be quiet. Heaven's going to be a, lo- a loud place. If you don't like, like um, loud noises, try and bring a little pair of them ear defenders with you because you're going to need them. <laughs> Amen. Heaven's going to be a loud place. Do you know what we should actually do? Is just get used to it here. Just get used to it now because we're going to have to get used to it when we're in heaven. Amen. The next one is the word Barak. Not Obama. Barak means to kneel down. To bless God as an act of adoration. And sometimes you see people kneeling in church and what they're doing is they're praising God. Barak. Barak means to kneel down to bless God as an act of of adoration. Look with me in Psalm 95. Psalm 95. Look with me here. In verse 6. Psalm 95 and verse 6. It says, Oh come, and let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. That word kneel is the word Barak. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. And these are all just different ways that we can worship God. One of the ways that we can worship God is we kneel before him as an act of adoration. And particularly when you kneel before God, what you're doing is you're just acknowledging your own humility and you're acknowledging your dependence on him for everything. Amen. Look with me in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Look with me down in verse 20. It says, And David said unto all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God. The word bless there is actually the word Barak. And all the children, or all the congregation, blessed are Barak, the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed down their heads, and worshipped the Lord and the King. And when David said to them here, he says, Barak, the Lord your God, what he was telling them was to assume a position of humility. He was telling them to bow before the Lord. And it says, and all the congregation bowed themselves before the Lord, and they worshipped him. Amen. So there's all these different ways that we can, we can shout, we can praise 
We can um, praise God on the instruments. We can kneel before him. We can bow before him. The next one is the word zamar. And zamar means to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise, to play uh, upon it, to make music accompanied by the voice, and to celebrate in song and in music. And that's the word zamar. And it's, it's interesting, and I, I actually find this interesting all the time, how there are particular churches and they don't allow musical instruments of any kind. And yet, when we read through, and we've read through several um, psalms tonight, and the, these psalms talk about, you know, worshipping God on the instruments, on the stringed instruments, and mentions all these different instruments, and yet, there are, there are people and there are churches today who don't believe in worshipping God with musical instruments. You know, for me, you need to take the whole book of psalms and just cut it out and put it in the bin, because <laughs> it's full of it. <laughs> Amen. The word zamar means to pluck the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise, to play upon it, to make music, accompanied by the voice, and so to celebrate in song and in music. Psalm 21. Psalm 21. Psalm 21 here, look with me in verse 13. Psalm 21 and verse 13. Um, it says, Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So we will sing and praise. And that word praise is the word zamar. And so we will sing and praise thy power. And so he mentions singing here and he mentions this word zamar. In other words, we're going to worship him with the instruments. And he says here we're going to sing and we're going to worship God on the instruments. Psalm 47. Psalm 47. Psalm 47 here, look with me in verse 6. And he actually mentions the word here um, four times in this verse. Psalm 47 and verse 6. It says, sing praises to God. That's Zamar. Sing Zamar to God. Sing Zamar. Sing Zamar unto the king. Sing Zamar. And he mentions it four times in this verse. And you know, when he mentions it four times in this verse, many of you understand that he wants us to praise God on the instrument. He wants us to sing and he wants us to praise him on, on the instrument. Sing praises unto our King. Amen. And then the last one here is the word Tehillah. And this word Tehillah is derived from the word Halal. And it means the singing of Halals. To sing or to laud. Uh, perceived to involve music, especially singing hymns of the Spirit, or singing in the Spirit. Many of you like to sing in the Spirit. I know I love to sing in the Spirit. I love singing in tongues and singing in the Spirit. And this is a real interesting one here. This is another um, expression of worship that God has given us, singing in the Spirit. If you look with me in Psalm 22, Psalm 22, singing in the Spirit. I want to show you something real interesting here. And this is the word Tehillah. Singing in the Spirit. But in Psalm 22, and this is a verse that we quote quite often when we come to praise and worship, but listen to this verse. It says, But thou art holy, or thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And we often talk about, you know, God inhabits the praises of his people. Many of you have heard that. God inhabits the praises of his people. But the word praises that he's talking about here is the word tehillah. God inhabits the Tehillah of his people. In other words, that when, whenever we uh, sing in the Spirit, 
that God actually comes down. He's enthroned in our praises. That's why it's good to sing in the Spirit. Amen. God inhabits the singing um, in the Spirit. Our God is enthroned in this type of praise. Uh, look with me in Psalm 33. Psalm 33. And this is an interesting uh, verse here as well. Psalm 33. Suppose they're all interesting, aren't they? Love them all. People say to me sometimes, what's your favorite verse? Depends on what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have a favorite verse for every topic. Psalm 33, look with me in verse 1. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. And that word there is the word praise, uh, as the word tehillah. Tehillah is comely for the upright. Or singing in the spirit is comely for the upright. And you know, when we were in grace, Hassan used to talk about this, this um, comely, what it meant to be comely. And you know, he talked about... Um, um, whenever a lady went out to get new clothes or get to get a new dress, and you know she'd come out and she'd do a twirl. Well, what do you think? And you go, boy, that looks good on you. Well, that's the same word that he uses here. Um, praise looks good on you. Or tehila, singing in the spirit, looks good on you. Praise is comely for you. Tehila is comely for you. You you actually look good when you're singing in the spirit, worshiping God in the spirit. Let me just say this actually, when we're, just when we're talking about this, uh, when something looks good on us. You know, when we think about um, man, when man was created, man was created in the image and likeness of God. He was created to glorify God. And man can't glorify God under sin. And that's the reason why you see so much sickness and so much, you know, depression and all the different things that you see going on. Man is not able to glorify God under sin. That's why Jesus Christ came and paid the price for sin. And, and an example of that is, you know, when you get, um, if you get a goldfish and you put him in a bowl, a goldfish can glory in a bowl. That's not what he was created for. He was created to swim in the ocean. And his only glories when you put him into his proper environment, he only glories when he's swimming in the sea. And you take a bird and you put a bird in a cage, that bird can't glory in the cage. He's not able to stretch his wings and fly like God created him to because he's confined to the cage. But when you set him free and you put him back into his environment, he's able to soar in the heavens and you can look at the glory of a bird as he flies. Well, man is the same. Man can glorify God under sin. But what God is saying here is, he says, when we sing in the spirit, when we get into the spirit and we begin to worship God, he said, that's a real expression of how I created you to be. That's an expression of how I created you to worship me. Amen. Uh, singing in the spirit or worshiping God in the spirit. Hallelujah. Final verse. Look with me in Psalm, or sorry, in um, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Psalm 61 here and verse 3. He says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise. That word praise is the word tehillah, or singing in the spirit. The garment of tehillah for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. 
And it says he gave us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In other words, when the spirit of heaviness comes upon us, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to get into the spirit. We're supposed to sing in the spirit. And when we get over into the spirit, that depression or that heaviness that comes upon us has to leave. And you know what was interesting was... um, one of the things that happened with King David after, well, Shepherd David firstly, but when David was young after he had um, um, defeated Goliath um, Saul used to bring David up to his house and up to the palace and David used to play the harp for Saul but the scripture says that an evil spirit used to come upon Saul by times and whenever the evil spirit came upon him what he did was he sent for David and it says whenever David played the instrument whenever David played the harp the evil spirit left because God has given us the garment of Tehillah for a spirit of heaviness so whenever heaviness comes one of the first things that we should do or one of the things that we need to think about is we need to get ourselves over into a place of praise into an attitude of praise because the devil can't stick it He can't stick it. He can't stand praise. And he can't be around when you're praising God. Because the devil hates God. And the the devil wanted the praise for himself. And when he can't get it for himself, he just leaves. He doesn't like to be around praise. He doesn't like to hear God being glorified and worshipped. Amen. And so we see all these different expressions of praise. And God wants us to lift our hands and praise him. God wants us to shout praises to him. God wants us to worship him in the spirit. God wants us to to dance before him. God wants us to worship him on the instruments and on the, the cymbals and all these different things. These are all just expressions of praise. And these are all just ways that we express our thanks to the God who loves us, to the God who saved us, to the God that we're going to spend all eternity with. Amen. Expressions of praise. Let's just praise the Lord. Amen. Leah, will you sing that uh, song for us, that first song that we sang tonight? Just sing the chorus a couple of times through and, and we'll finish. Close. Hallelujah. Stand to our feet and we'll...